to go from severe pain, constant, to no pain is just amazing. This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast with Clint Patterson, helping you to live an easier, healthier and happier life. If you've had rheumatoid arthritis for a very long time, or if you are on multiple disease-modifying drugs or biologic drugs, and you're looking for an inspirational story where you can learn how someone has reduced their required medications, reduced joint pain and symptoms, and is now happy and smiling despite having been diagnosed way back in 1988, then today's guest is for you. I've got Kathy. She's an Aussie. How are you, Kathy? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, and I always get a bit of buzz of excitement before these episodes because I don't know um, more than a few percent of what I'm about to hear, so it's fun for me to hear about your journey. Um, and you're raring to go here with uh, lots of insights for others and to... Um, share some wonderful things that that they can do and what's worked for you. But let's just get a before and after a summary here to kick us off. How are you feeling right now today compared to before you started the Patterson program? I'm pretty amazing, really. Look, I have uh, no pain, probably if anything, a little bit because it's stress, right? This is not my normal uh, day job. So this is a bit, you know, nerve-wracking. But before I started the Patterson program, every morning I would wake up and go, I've got to get my seat out. You know, I've got to get out of bed. Um, and I just got to a point where, you know, and it was always that way. I just wanted to cut off my seat. Well, of course, you know, that's not realistic. But the pain was constant. It was always there. And it was always a case of uh, don't ask me what my pain's like because it, at the back of my head, you just have to, you know, get going, you know. Um, and, but yeah, and then I started, I was very grateful. Our daughter bought the program for me and um, I tried lots of other things. So I started it and after two days of reducing, I went to get out of bed in the morning. And because I've tried lots of things, you know, there's that you want something to work, you want to be out of pain. No one wants to be in pain. So, yeah, she t- I started that um, and the next day thinking, oh, perhaps it's just three go, but you keep trying. And if I stay on the program, I have no pain in my seat. The only time it plays up is if, you know, I eat something that's got gluten in it and my big toes flares up. You know, there's, to me, pretty immediate triggers, but to go from severe pain constant to no pain is just to means it's hard to yeah. describe yeah 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 only those of us who know the experience of the uh shift of pain uh, can relate it's 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 just euphoric isn't it it is and you know the pain of rheumatoid is just gut-wrenching 
Yes. Now, you've had this condition, 1988. That's a long time. Um, what, what, um, what consequences have you experienced physically as a result of the, of the condition? Okay. I have deformed fingers, uh, deformed toes, not to the same extent. I had my right hands used. My ulnars have been removed. I had both shoulders replaced, both knees replaced. Uh, my ankles were replaced and then they're now fused. So all up six artificial joints. Um, I don't have it in my hips, the only place. But, yeah, that's, that's I suppose, the main stuff. And of all of those, is there any that has... Like I, what I find interesting in my own observation, and this is just chit chat now, is like my elbows don't straighten, yet that causes me absolutely zero kind of concern or worry or self consciousness. But like you, I've got some degree of of damage in my fingers, which work fantastic, but I do have some 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 damage from several years of uncontrolled RA. I get more self-conscious around my hands than I do uh, the, the the elbows, even though the elbows, you know, are probably more significant. I, 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 it's hard to say. But is there an area that you have self-consciousness around? I think it's helpful for our audience just to hear us talk about this. Yeah. yeah. Um, I suppose, you know, and originally I was nursing, so I nursed people who had rheumatoid. So when they said that I had arthritis, you know, head in the sand stuff, I didn't want to know or talk about it because I can remember what that was like. And that was sort of like 1977. So there was no medication. And as you can imagine, these were severe old people with damage. And then anyway, after rheumatoid and had to have a career change, I did counselling. So I did training and did um, become a counsellor and did a fair bit of counselling actually with children. And it was really interesting. I'd have a child come into my room and we'd talk about confidentiality, you know, not keeping some secrets anyway. Um, and it was really interesting just watching them look at my hands. And I would break the ice by saying, yeah, my hands are a bit funny. Or, or they would say, what's happened to your hands? You know, why are they like that? And I said, oh, look, a long time ago uh, my hands got really stiff. And they ended up like that, but they don't hurt anymore. And I can still do lots of things. I just do it differently. So, yes, that's my hands. We have a granddaughter who's eight, and I find Ziploc bags and things like that really hard. And she just goes, oh, you just do this, man. And I go, yeah, but I just can't. She goes, oh, yeah, that's right, you, you know, with your hands. So I think it's also about um, being up front. And especially with children, you know, the more you're upside and open, it's not scary anymore. And I suppose they are what they are. I can't hide them. Whereas elbows, you can put a shirt over. <laughs> yeah, you that's right. Me? That's yeah. right. You feel yeah. more vulnerable, don't you? You do feel more you vulnerable because, yeah. Yeah, you can't hide. Yeah. Yeah. So I have currently what they call a typical zebra friend, um, Zebra thumbs. I don't know if you can see that. It's really funny. The other day, our son, we were doing something, and I'd actually cut my thumb. And he said, Oh, yeah, your chicken wing thumbs. And I 
Kind of, but I suppose they do look a little bit like chicken wings. <laughs> One has to have a sense of humour in these things. Can't Absolutely. That's right. You know, I um, describe my ailments as uh, as uh, battle wounds sometimes, and I I have in I have pushed things a little over the years out of the under the under the umbrella of experimentation. I've thought I kind of uh, I just want to try this and try that because I feel like it could help a lot of people if I make a discovery on this and. Uh, you know, I think that as a result of that, I probably push things with inflammation levels in the early days, most definitely. So we end up with some battle wounds. We move on. And now let's talk about what has helped to dramatically lower the inflammation and what is it that you have been doing, um, either in or outside of our program that really works for you? With a program, it's about, you know, the juicing. It's about the diet. Um, I now walk three mornings a week and probably do about five k's. Tamil. I've always loved my garden, and my garden is something that I can. You can bury your head in the sand, you know, so to speak. Um, you don't have to talk to anyone. You can just dig and pull out weeds. You also see something for what you've done. So yes, doing that. Um, I'm not working now, but I was working, you know, five days a week. So the program has just given me more energy, uh, more ability to exercise. It's changed my mindset. Yeah. And I've also found that the the program, you know, food-wise, is manageable. It's different, but it's manageable, you know. Um, and is that the worst thing or the hardest thing I've got to change in my life and have no pain? I am so grateful. It's, you know, in the scheme of things. Easy. Have you um, gone through a lot of the eating sequence so that now you have quite a diverse range of foods or do you have quite a restrictive range? Could you give us some examples of things that you are able to eat? Yeah, sure. Look, we often do juice in the morning, you know, a green juice. Um, lunch is often um, a salad bowl and, like, you know, it might be a, a lentil curry at night. Sometimes, and I have also been able to stretch it even a bit further in the fact that I seem to be able to eat um, salmon, you know, that we don't, no oils, anything like that. It's more steam. Um, and I can have that once in a blue moon, you know, um, so that it's not like, oh, no, I can't eat that and I don't do this, you know, um, because not only do you feel self-conscious, but then when you have to say to people, you know, um, it's almost like I'm a pain in the butt because, you know, I won't eat this and I won't do that and, you know, all the other things. Whereas I really struggle. There are lots of things. No, there are some things that I just can't do and I struggle with the word can't because I think for a lot of people in our society, it's like I'm choosing not to and to actually have that mindset in my head, it's okay because I physically can't, if that makes sense. And I probably haven't said, you know, so much, but also I think doing the program, yeah, it's just changed so much. Awesome. Let's talk about, because I've, uh, you know, I'm just enjoying listening to you and just having a chat. Um, we didn't go into the specifics on the medications. Let's just mm -hmm. dive into that for a moment. 
let's talk. Can you just try and remember all the different tri- type of meds that you've taken in the past before I have another question? Do you want me to tell you what I was on? Can you remember how many, like, have you, have you got the names sitting in your mind yet? Originally, they started me on, like, um, anti-inflammatories, and I think it was Clinirol or something like that way back then. Um, I didn't really start methotrexate until 1992 um, because I went to one rheumatologist. It wasn't a good experience. I said, I'll do this myself. So I went naturopath, things like that. Um, the thing is that my de- disease was such that um, I was probably still having oil, still having some meats and things like that. But I got down to 48 kilos. Um, and my knees were so swollen, I really struggled to sit. So then went to another rheumatologist. So that was 1992. Um, she started on me on mesotrexate, um, prednisolone, and anti-inflammatories. Um, so being on lots of those things, and there was another one, um, starts with S, so I can't say it properly. Um, Sulfasalazine. Yeah, yeah, it didn't agree with me, so I didn't do that. Um, had lots of cortisone injections. So, yeah, they were the main drugs. And then even with those um, and after surgeries and things like that, uh, the disease was still pretty rapid. And then I think it was about 2006 I started on Humira as well as, of course, all the others. Um, because before I started on that, I had it really bad in my neck and I couldn't lift my head off the pillow of the morning. So I couldn't get out of bed by myself. So my hubby would have to lift me out of bed, uh, help me shower, things like that. And our kids were amazing. You know, this is all they've known. So, yeah, starting on humour. And I was also on another drug called Neoral, which is what they use for kidney, kidney transplant. Plant recipients to stop kidneys being new kidneys being rejected, right? So I was on that for quite a while too, um, and then it got to a point where it wasn't working either. So they went on the humor injection, and then from there they got to a point where they weren't working. So then started Embro. So up until 2019, when I started your program, I was on Embro. Anti-inflammatories and methotrexate, um, and then after doing a program, uh, it was probably the uh, following twelve months I had uh, brought my methotrexate down. You know, with specialist knowledge, and um, uh, the thought was that it's such a small dose, just stay on it. You know, but for me, and as it turns out, we went somewhere, I mean, left methotrexate at home. And I thought, well, I'm fine. So I stayed on to everything. And it's just amazing. And, you know, it's all because of your program. So, yes, thank you. Amazing. Interesting how you, you, you left the methotrexate at home. That's exactly how I ended up coming off it as well. <laughs> I left it in oh, another yeah. country. Funny that, but our brain <laughs> says to ourselves, hmm, subconsciously, let's choose to forget that. Mine, and I think I, I, I think I, I hear from you too, uh, was an absolute innocent, or at least consciously innocent thing. I just actually forgot to put it in the bag. It was just sitting in a cupboard in a kitchen, um, not somewhere where uh, 
you know, it was easy to grab before we went to the airport. Now, did you notice anything coming off the methotrexate? Any changes at all? No, because I think I was feeling good anyway. And my dose apparently was so small that perhaps really for a long, for a period of time, perhaps the methotrexate was not really doing anything anyway. I don't know. But yeah, no, it's not like I went off it and thought, oh, jeepers, I can't wait till the next week. I need this again. I didn't feel like that. Whereas sometimes, you know, with, if I stretch out my injections too far, um, you know, it says, yeah, I noticed it a bit. But at the end of the day, you know, I've had it for a long time, a lot of damage, and I still have room to it. Mm-hmm. Now, with the Enbrel, does that, um, do you feel like now with the Enbrel plus the program, you've found the perfect balance to now? Uh, like, would you say that your disease activity now is probably the lowest aggressiveness oh. that it's been? Definitely. Yes. Yes. Um, that's why I keep doing it. I keep doing the program and look, you know, every now and again I'll have a coffee and things like that because other people, you know, I've told other people about the program and, you know, some of them have said, oh, I can't, I can't not have that or I can't not have this. Well, I suppose, you know, I don't know <clears throat> the right word, but I suppose I was at a point where our daughter, when our daughter bought it for me, you know, I've had it so long. I was willing and have been to try anything, you know. Um, that's, and I suppose at the end of the day, I can only do what's right for me. And, you know, it's trial and error. Um, but I know what works. So, of course, I'm going to keep doing it, you know. Yeah, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? Do more of what works. And given that what well, you're doing isn't exactly, um, I mean, it's not like you're doing anything evil or bad or or harmful. It's only just putting good things into your body and having a good lifestyle habits. Yeah, yeah, just right. So at the end of the day, it's pretty easy, isn't it? And as you say, it's a no-brainer. Why would you not? Because, you know, I don't want to go back to fearing getting out of bed every morning. You know, three days a week, I get out, put me runners on and go for a walk. You know, I or in the garden or do stuff like that, you know. Um, and I don't have to go push that pain at the back of my head to just keep going. It's just not there. And when it's there, then I think, what have I eaten or what's happening that that's hurting? And it might be being somewhere, eating something, or it might be stress. From my elbows, it's stress, you know, because they're the last of my own joints that's not replaced, you know, and I wouldn't worry about hands and all the rest. Um, yeah. So I think, too, it's when, and I suppose that's when I went back onto the Embryo weekly, I was having trouble feeding myself, you know, and nobody wants to not do that. That's basic life necessity. There's something that I think, um, you know, has been lost to the audience because we just talked about it for like one minute before we hit record here, is that you have actually attempted on the program to then extend your embryo injections from one week to two weeks to three weeks to four. And what you mentioned just before we hit go here is that that proved to be a little bit asking too much of your body and that just sticking with the weekly, which you were doing beforehand, uh, is the right approach. It is for me, and it also means that my 
like my ESR has gotten down to, I think it's either three or four, and my CRP is four or five. You know, there and uh, the rheumatologist is really happy. I'm really happy, and I suppose it's seeing on blood tests. It's not just me saying it's good. You know, I've actually got results that are saying that it's good. Because the other thing is too, I don't want to have my joints flared up so much that I'm doing more damage. I can't, you know. So by doing the program and doing the medication how I am at the moment, um, it's working for me. Tell us, Kathy, uh, what's on your list there? What is it that you wanted to share today in, a, in addition to, um, you know, I've learned already that you, you've you got an active lifestyle three times a week despite your, you know, a couple of replaced knees there. You get out and you walk a lot. You garden most days. You've got a daily start with green juices and you're eating now advanced, what we call advanced or uh, more uh, reintroduced foods, um, things like uh, lentils and beans and so on, um, uh, and I presume lots of rice and vegetables and other things. Um, cl- clarif- clarify if I've made any mistakes there. And what else do, would you like to share that's working for you? Oh, and I suppose it's also about learning that you have choices. You know, I learned early on I had our kids were young and I had choices. I could sit on the couch and go, Life's not fair. I hate this. But then my thought was, what example are I setting for my kids? So our son and daughter, you know, my daughter said this to me once, you wanted, you raised us to be independent, self-sufficient young adults or, or people, and we are. So I suppose it's also about choices. It's about choices whether I do this program or not. It's about choices of my mindset. It's also about choices that, you know, I've had some really, really dark days and it's about then what I do with those choices. Sometimes it's about talking to people. Um, and I think too because rheumatoid pain is very personalised. It's not something that you can talk or explain to somebody. One, because lots of people have arthritis. So a lot of people put rheumatoid into arthritis. And also, you know, um, finding the right people to support you. You know, as I said, I had a really bad time and had an amazing clinical psychologist. And she's probably the first person that ever said to me, I hear your pain, that you are in a lot of pain, but promise me that then, you know, before you do anything severe, that you write letters to everybody that you would leave behind. Well, of course, I couldn't do that. So, again, I suppose it's all about choices. You know, it's about mindset and get all that sort of stuff. So I'm sorry if you've gone off track. No, not at all. No, it's very interesting. The choices thing is fantastic. We all all have that option, don't we? At any moment, Mm. we can choose. Like you gave the example of the the couch or the footpath. You know, you've got got the, the takeaway food or putting something in the rice cooker. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, you've you've got the woe is me, my life stuck sucks, I'm a victim, and why did I deserve this? To a thought of what can I do right now to reduce inflammation? Oh, definitely. And I think too that sometimes we almost need to be in that little hole, not too deep, just a little hole, right? To go, 
okay, I've got to make some choices. And I think, you know, whether you have rheumatoid or anything, we all have days when it's like it's a bit harder to just get going. And I think that's the other thing about mindset. It's also about understanding that everybody in life has something to deal with. I have the advantage of actually knowing what mine is, right? So therefore, it's what am I going to do about it? For other people, I can look at other people, and I'm sure we all do, and go, oh, wow, you look like, you know, you've got it easy or a great life or all the rest. But I don't know what they've been through. And I also don't know what's around the corner to them. So it's also about what am I doing to me that works so that my life's the best I can possibly have. Again, choices. Mm, I love it. All right, let's keep you talking. When you talk, I'm interested. Let's talk <laughs> about. Well, give us some other uh, some other things that really work for me for you. We just touched on mindset. We've got some exercise there. Let's talk more about the gardening. How often do you garden? How effective is this, or if at all, for helping you to feel better with your joints? Oh, um, nothing better than getting a pair of spectators and chopping a bush that's grown too big. Um, you know, it's a bit of a pain because I can't lift the arms up very hard. So I can't do very hard. But, you know, wabby tie, any any bush, rose plant, whatever else, that's good out and head us together. And, you know, roses are great. Every year you have to prune them, right? So <laughs> um, for me, yes, uh, I suppose gardening is that thing. Even if you're only pulling out weeds and they come back in a fortnight, I can at least see, see where I've been. You know, I think too, we can cook meals, we can, you know, do all those other jobs and you wash the floor, you know, five minutes later, the kids come in or something happens and, you know, whereas gardening, it's just, yeah, different. And also you can have the music going, you can listen to a book, you can be in another mindset. It's hard to focus on your pain when you're focusing on something else. These are great insights. What about your sleep? Uh, have you done anything to improve your sleep, any sleep habits that you adhere to? Um, what's your quality of sleep like and some insights, anything that's helped you on that front? Um, pardon me. I suppose when I've had times when I've had broken sleep because of pain, you wake up during the night with pain, for me, it's not beneficial to just stay in bed. Um, I get up, make a cuppa, read a book. I'm a bit of a bookworm. Um, again, focus on something else. I try and give myself a time frame, but when you're in a really good book, I'll just read another chapter and time goes on. But most, you know, the majority of the time, I'm not having to do that very often now. Um, I notice if I haven't done a lot of physical activity, sleep is harder. So, you know, it's, um, I crave to do gardening. You know, if I had my way, I'd be out gardening all the time. But that's not always realistic. And, you know, um, people, I think too, family around me sort of think that sometimes I overdo it, you know, and I'm doing too much. Um, but I'd rather, do heaps, sleep well, and have a rest day the next day, then do little bits, feel like I haven't achieved anything, and then, um, yeah. So 
yeah, sleep's pretty good when I do things that are good for me. Exactly. You you shift the odds of success in your favour by doing the activities during the day, like we do with children, to wear them yeah. out so they sleep well at night. It's a simple principle. It is. It is. Um, I suppose you were asking about, you know, other things, and yes, you were talking about sleep, but I think it's also, for me, it's that gratitude. You know, I think that uh, with pain, it's very easy to go again, you know, back to um, this is horrible and all the rest. And I've, you know, read lots of different stuff, but it's also about being grateful for little things, you know, grateful that, you know, I have my hearing or I can I can walk and do that stuff because, um, yeah, a lot of people can't. So um, I think too, again, when we choose to then have some gratitude and, yeah, it doesn't always work every day. Not every day is, you know, easy peasy. Um, but it's also about, uh, yeah, just changing that mindset. Because when your I, mind's in a better place. Yeah, exactly. I like that concept of, you know, the word compartmentalized gratitude. I think that could really help us all. Well, let's say, for example, if you're comparing, say, just with the focus on your issue as being the comparative point. And let's say, well, that person doesn't have, you know, some joints replaced and and struggling with pain or a, a long period of time with inflammation and so on. Therefore, their life is better. As you said, however, if you take it away from that particular category and look at a different category, that person may have suffered marital issues, yeah. financial issues, yeah. whatever, and they, in their mind, feel that they probably have things worse than you. Oh, and God. so I think our our brains tend to elevate the problems that we face into a uh, into a lens that makes it an unfair comparison. And I do think that it's quite possible to have extreme physical conditions and have an extraordinary level of happiness and contentment and a sense of a good life. Um, and there is also those uh, situations where, and you said at times as well for you, that there were some dark times and we go through those as well. But I, I, I read a book once called A Fortunate Life. My mum has read it. I don't know if you've read that book. I'm pretty sure I have. Yeah. yeah, it's about this uh, boy who describes or he describes his childhood and he grows and it's the most extraordinarily challenging life and it's called A Fortunate Life and it's just so humbling to read how he genuinely believes he's had this fortunate life and, gee, the yeah. challenges that he endured. And it makes you just sort of continually stop almost at every page and say, holy mackerel, like i got to quit my whinging, you know what I mean? Like this, this is like... Yeah, so well, I think it's about balance too. You know, it is about balance in the fact that yes, you know, I'm in pain today because I think sometimes what we can do is dismiss it, and then when we dismiss it, then we we either don't do anything about it or we go, everyone's worse than me. But I think it's also about giving ourselves space or whatever it is to go. Yep, today's a tough day because then you just, it's, yeah, it is balance. 
And I think too, you know, for me, I wouldn't have got where I am on your program, but also a really supportive, you know, husband and kids, you know, that um, I'd be totally lost without them. So, yeah, I'm very grateful for lots and lots. Okay, well, now let's touch upon support and encouragement. I watched a presentation one time at a conference from a neuroscientist who was a coach for high-performance athletes, uh, especially in motorsport, F1. And he performed all of these, uh, you know, research analysis and everything and, and, and took into account what was it that enabled high-performance athletes in the area that he worked in to achieve the best results. And it wasn't where they were born or their financial status or their education. It wasn't any of the things that he put on a screen as sort of a, as a diversion. What it was, was the belief, expectations and support of their peer group. That included the pit crew. It included the friends and family of the drivers. It included um, even the people who like changed the tires and everyone's input and conviction of the success of the driver. That in that influences the outcome of of winning more than anything particular of uh, of the driver's upbringing or background or anything. So it's the team you have around you that is so uh-huh. influential. Yeah, very much so. And I suppose too with, you know, doing your program, you know, for my hubby to be happy to have um, what I am eating the majority of the time, you know, and there's none of that, you know, you're eating chocolate or, you know, those sort of comments. There's none of that. It's like he can see the changes in me. So he's very supportive. Um, Yeah. You know, that just makes life so much easier. Isn't it interesting how the partner can play such a role in the outcome? Because every now and then we'll get uh, someone who's interested in going through this journey that you have, but they say, oh, but in our family, my, you know, my husband, he just, he's obsessed about his 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 meat intake and his, his steaks and everything. There's no way that he's going to support this. And that can have a direct catastrophic out, impact on the outcome. Yes, right. But I think sometimes too it's about being prepared to do it yourself and then you become a role model, right? And also um, because sometimes by making those changes then our health in many ways changes or improves. So there's people, you know, around go, oh, yeah, well, I'll have some of that or, you know, yeah, let's do that. Um, and a classic is, you know, we're doing more of our salad bowls for lunch, whereas perhaps, you know, for my hubby it might have been, I'm sorry, um, it might have been like, you know, a toasted thing or something like that. So we do that together and, you know. So sometimes although there's not the support to start off with, we actually have, I would imagine it's about sometimes having to start off doing it for ourselves. I love that. Yeah. Becoming the role model with time and then inspiring and making change. Yeah. Sometimes by saying nothing, we achieve heaps. Do you like that? I love it. That's a quote, isn't it? A Kathy quote. Um, has has there been uh, any changes within your friendships or community or even your daughter who got you the program um, other than your husband have others in that you've been able to positively influence? Oh, and my daughter has always been into diet and um, fitness and things like that. So 
Yeah. Whereas our son, he's also very supportive in the fact that if we're around there, um, it's like, what can you eat? You know, not, yeah. So there's that. But don't put that on either. You know, there's a between you already. What other uh, insights, Kathy? before we wrap this up? You know, we've learned a lot from you around mindset, and I think that a lot of that is actually also implied in just your attitude and the way that you come across. Like, it's very clear that you're an upbeat, positive, go-getter, happy, you know, these these sort of um, um, adjectives come to mind as as you're sitting here and we're chatting together. And that message comes through just as much as what you're actually saying. You know, there's a very, very long time that you've had a very, very serious disease, and yet you come across happier, more chirpy, more optimistic than some uh, folks that I speak to who <laughs> have only had it for a couple of years. And, uh, you know, I just I think that's a testament to, to, to you as a character. So first of all, that's been a great insight. Um, and next, uh, you know, we've talked about diet, exercise, gardening. We've talked about influencing others. And uh, we've talked about your sleep. Uh, and and uh, is there anything else that you'd like to share? Maybe to people who are struggling especially, what would you encourage them? I suppose also to sometimes confine the time, you know, in the fact that you don't have to do this forever, but you have, you know, um, because sometimes, you know, if you think, if I thought that I would have to struggle with this forever, sorry, um, it becomes too daunting. So if you bring it back, I've only got to do this for this amount of time, it becomes more manageable. That doesn't minimise what you're going through at the moment, but I think to, you know, a diet or exercise, I suppose it's a bit like exercise. I don't have to ride the exercise bike forever, but my plan is to ride it for the next five minutes. And if I can do that for five minutes today, I might have to do it for five minutes for the, you know, for however long. But um, because sometimes the goals that we set ourselves, whether it's diet or exercise or writing in general, can be really overwhelming. So, yeah. I suppose two of the other things I've tried um drink lots of water. I think that's, you know, I can sometimes get busy and not do that. Um, and also finding a balance between rest and activity. And, again, I'm not always good at that, you know, um, because I want to achieve stuff or do stuff and I have a body that doesn't always allow me. So I suppose, you know, and for people that are struggling, I think it is about finding that and also being kind to yourself, you know. As human beings, we're not very kind to ourselves. We will do stuff for other people, but will we do it for ourselves? And that's for a whole lot of different reasons. So, yeah, um, and knowledge is power. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Well, in terms of, you know, some of your insights there that you've learned and, and put in simple terms are well supported by the science. It's like, you know, you're touching on crucial aspects of RA reversal mechanisms with uh, very, uh, you know, it, you know the rest recovery thing, for example. Uh, this yeah. is this is something that I spend a lot of time researching and studying. It's got to do with the production of free radicals after we exert ourselves and then 
the rebalancing of the body and how we can do that more quickly, more efficiently, and how this is linked to inflammation levels. And so this is something that that is insightful. And and one one way that we can do this is dietarily, which is to um, increase our antioxidant intake after, for example, gardening. So you might want to try that, have a big green smoothie after you garden and see how you pull up the next day. Um, and then another thing is uh, creatine, which is a, a three-mix anti-amino uh, uh, acid combination, uh, has been effective at reducing inflammatory markers significantly for people who train to an exhaustion level. And so it's something that I've been suggesting recently to some of my clients uh, when they are finding it hard to get exercise in without providing setbacks in the early stages. So that's a little simple supplement that's 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 got a great safety profile to have a look at as well um, after you exert yourself. Uh, might help recovery as well. But the green smoothies obviously as safe as you can get. So Kathy, this has been awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, it's been lovely to meet you. And, uh, I, and I'm so grateful for your program and all the hard work that you've done to get to where you are and to be able to share it, you know, and the fact that um, the research and the knowledge and the all the other, um, yeah, the research that also goes into what you're talking about and what you've developed in the program. So thank you very much. I'm very grateful. Oh, thank you, Kathy. That means a lot. I really appreciate our our talk today and I hope it's helped lots of people to gain some insights and some motivation to keep doing the sort of things that you do and to embrace a lifestyle of maximum health and minimum symptoms. That's what we're about. So thanks again, Kathy. And I don't want people to think that, you know, you know, I have this smiley face on and, and it's unrealistic. You know, I think too that, um, yeah, just be really kind to yourself. Yes, that's right. We're very much acutely aware at all times that this is the life of Pi. We were living with a ferocious animal and we do everything we can to understand this animal, to be able to know its behaviors, its triggers, so that we stop irritating it with our lifestyle. And then living with this ferocious animal, we then want to have a lifestyle that has the least a stimulatory effect for it to come at us. And therefore, we know that behind the closed doors of everyone with this condition, we live with this little bit of fear, no matter how well we're doing, that if we do the wrong thing, it can ferociously come back and get us. So we've all got that level of awareness and caution in our lives. Thank you. Yep. Thanks, Kathy. You take care. Thanks for listening to Rheumatoid Solutions. If you'd like to get more help to live an easier, healthier, and happier life, visit rheumatoidsolutions.com.